Chapter 4 Casey sorted the piles of returned books by genre. Then she stacked by call number, and finally she double-checked the logbook for their numbers written in Jerry's spidery handwriting. Then, and only then, did she haul piles of heavy manuscripts around the library. Her shoulders and arms burned from Lord Gilmore's workout, and she hated the reminder of the prickly lord. Formal and then merry in turns? Couldn't he pick one? The books whispered their nonsense as she trudged down their aisles. Two books required special gear, and she pulled on spider silk gloves, rubbing her face with clove essence. The first heavy tomb wanted to open on its own, and she had to trick it back into its slot on the shelf, using a human rhyme to bamboozle it. The nonsense about rain leaving helped Casey slide it up and then latch the slot closed. The book rustled angrily as she skipped to the front. The second was easier, although halfway down the aisle she realized she hadn't reapplied the clove essence and that the book was sniffing her. It wasn't good to let books catch a liking to you. They might decide to only open for you. Or to shout angry nonsense at other readers, forcing you to be present for their reader to make any sense of the spells. It was super annoying. She hurried to its slot and scrubbed her hands against her thighs as she walked, as if to rid her skin of the book's desire. Her sisters thought the library was haunted with undead fae. She'd never seen or heard of anything like that happening, and trusted that Jerry would have warned her against that, but sometimes she got the feeling that there was more lurking under the library than was officially recognized. At the desk, a single slice of her cake remained. She perched on Jerry's stool and ate it slowly, savoring these moments of stillness. Only in the library was she alone. Well, safely and truly alone. It had been the first thing she'd appreciated about working in the library, this ability to get lost and never see another fae without worrying that the mountain had decided to eat her, despite her family's long connection to the palace. "'You aren't celebrating with your family,' Jerry rumbled, emerging from one of the aisles. "'Oh, I had some shelving to do, and then there was one slice left,' she answered, smiling. "'You deserve it,' Jerry replied. "'Now go to your family and share the good news.' Casey hopped off the stool. "'Yes, sir.' "'After dawn tomorrow,' Jerry stated, "'not a moment sooner.' Casey grinned. "'I promise I'm not trying to work too much.' Although I worry about that, Jerry said, it's not that. Tomorrow is the new moon. The library won't get settled till sunrise. Oh, I yeah, I forgot about new moon. I'll, I'll follow protocol. Good lass, Jerry said, nodding. Now go. She left through the double doors, hearing the reassuring snap of the door's lock behind her. The hallway by the library was almost empty. A few bats and spiders hung in corners and under the statue niches. The bone lanterns in the corners glowed bluish, casting strong shadows that seemed to hug the walls in anticipation. Whistling under her breath, Casey hurried through Underhill, focusing on the brightness of her parents' hearth as her guide through the twisting, turning passages. No good came of wandering purposeless. The mountain had a tendency to take you where you least wanted to go, or get you lost and turned around in the ancient, unused areas of the mountain. 
Casey's grandmother had told her once that Underhill had been fuller, filled with different types of fae, some who had spontaneously grown out of the ground and others that had crept along the passageways forever looking for a meal. Back then, humans had also been regular visitors, before the passage between the worlds had grown diseased and haunted. Now only a few fae could safely bring humans in and out of Underhill without driving them insane. This was the same grandmother who had warned Casey to hide her fire starting. She'd shared Casey's particular curse and taught her to suppress her magic, hide her fire, and some small tricks to disguise the smell of smoke in case she ever lost her temper. Casey shook her head, focusing not on fire, but on her apartment. Once, she'd been thinking of her grandmother, and the hallways had taken her to the crypt in its doorway. She hadn't slept well for weeks after that. But her apartment was warm and homey. Although that was a polite way to describe the chaos where seven sisters shared a single bedroom and creaking triple and quadruple stacked bunk beds. She almost stopped in the dining room, but honestly, she wasn't hungry enough to deal with extra fay. If she was on her own with high fay tomorrow, she needed to be well rested. She smelled herself. Mm, she probably needed a bath too. The hallways twisted past statues of high fae queens, forever towering over the fae who hurried down their tunnels, the shadows glinting and hinting at undead eyes. Eldritch noises echoed, and the faintest hint of laughter made Casey's image of her apartment door waver. She shook her head away from the laughter that crept up her ear. The laughter died, and Casey's next two turns brought her closer to the servants' area. More and more brownies and sprites crowded the hallway, and finally she could relax as she passed the servants' dining hall. Another tunnel past that lay her home with its interlocking looped bone knocker on the worn oak door. A tingle greeted her as she touched the handle. She walked straight into a yelling match between her mom and her youngest sister. Casey skirted the edge of the room, trying to avoid either one's attention. Cynthia was about to start her first apprenticeship, and apparently there was a disagreement about the skirt or the weather. Casey couldn't catch the gist. She closed herself into the bedroom. Cordelia's pink head popped over the bunk above Casey's. Ugh, are they still fighting? Yeah, what, what's going on? Bear asked Caramel to marry him. Cordelia shared with a smile. Everyone is excited, but you know how Cynthia is. Casey sighed, leaning against the bed. Yes. She removed her extra height slowly, hoping no one had noticed yet. Until Cynthia calmed down, or Carmel, their oldest sister, got enough of the family's attention for her engagement, Casey couldn't steal her moonshine. There was little enough to go around, and Casey's height would be there in a couple of days. You're home late from work, Cordelia said, snapping her hair color from pink to yellow back to pink. Tomorrow is new moon, Casey offered, unwilling to talk about Lord Gilmore or her year anniversary or any of the other things that had happened. Hey, I, I thought you were working the evening shift in the kitchen, she asked her sister. Ugh, mornings for the next month, Cordelia replied. Aunt shifted us around. The high fay are planning something big, and we're anticipating that we're going to need a lot of pastries and hand pies. She flopped backwards and made the whole bunk rattle. Casey sighed. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go bathe before dinner. Uh, Cynthia also used our hot water allotment, so you're going to have to warn it up yourself, Cordelia warned. Casey nodded, opening the bathroom door and leaning against it. 
At least staying warm was never an issue, with her power percolating under her skin. She started the water and stripped her dress off, throwing it in a corner. The tug tub was dug deep into the bedrock of Underhill with the sides worn smooth by generations of her family. They had served Underhill's queens, stretching back as far as records were kept, even before the queens had severed the worlds to keep iron from infecting their world, too. She ducked under the cold water and warmed it, allowing her fire closer to the surface. With her head above and the rest of her submerged, she raised a hand and played with flames dancing over her knuckles. She'd seen a high fae do the same thing with a dagger once, the play of silver and bone over the skin entrancing. A clatter of knocks interrupted her, and she yelled, I'm almost done! Someone yelled indistinctly, and Casey washed her hair, scrubbed her arms and legs. Tomorrow she needed to look as clean and professional as possible. With the high phase summoning coming up in a few days, the new moon couldn't have happened at a more unsettling time. She dried off with a quick pulse of power, the water evaporating from her skin. She straightened her hair with her fingers and then brushed her teeth with the bristles of a fern coated in the paste her aunt whipped up. She licked the tips of her pointy teeth and then let in whichever sister was desperate for the bathroom. It was Cynthia. Casey brushed past her and climbed into bed, her arms and shoulders aching. She lay as her sister streamed in. Carmel was the last in, her pink hair practically glowing in the lamplight. Kathy pushed forward. Tell us the story. How did Bear ask you? Carmel sighed and fluttered her eyelashes. It was so romantic. The others cooed in encouragement, climbing into their bunks to watch Carmel reenact her proposal under the first starlight of the new moon. Bear worked in the kitchens with their aunt, a pixie whose family didn't live in the palace and who everyone had thought would be eaten within weeks of arrival. But he'd survived and thrived, achieving assistant mulberry wine taster. That gave him two inches. Casey smiled to herself as they ooed over how tall Bear was. How many pixie lads and lasses are you going to have? Cynthia sneered. Carmel just smiled. We're thinking three or four. You already know? Coventina, another younger sister, shrieked. Well, we're not going to start at least for another decade, Carmel laughed. I want him to myself for a while. There was a general groan of disgust. Will a new apartment open up? Connie wanted to know. She was the second most practical of the seven sisters. We think so, Carmel said, frowning. Bear is living with Aunt now. Well, Casey knew all about that. Farrell and Finbar had been seriously annoyed about having to share their space with a new pixie male. They'd complained that it lowered their worth in the eyes of the other pixie lasses in the palace. New servant fae were rare because the existing families guarded their privileges and rights jealousy. And because of danger. But Bear had come with mulberry wine experience, and Aunt had had need for that. When's the wedding? Casey asked. Three months? Carmel gasped. Maybe four, but we would like sooner. Kathy's low, suggestive whistle made Caramel blush harder. <laughs> sure you would. Dresses! Connie cried. What about dresses? Casey pillowed her head with her arms, listening to plans and suggestions. Her eyes started to shut, and she kept having to prod herself to stay awake until the nighttime sounds of her sisters laughing and chatting was finally too much, and she fell asleep.